This is part two of a conversation with Katie Garitlian and Louis Bryant III. Part one is available to listen and can be found wherever you are now listening to part two. Um, I'm always about, it's like, tell me what do you want to do? Even if you don't know what you want to do, what do you want to explore? Yes, you're helping me see, okay, we have a question for me, but you're helping me see like this conversation is like illuminating, um, like, like, like mutual teaching that centers like mutual learning and care mm, is like mm-hmm. like it foregrounds the invitation and like it knows that, that invitation can be like sm- like 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 a little seed a little small thing yeah. like hey you want to you want to come here yeah up to like something so much larger right whereas like other maybe more formal modes that can be so indoctrinating or like imposing or mm. so or so many other things that are so violent and but the yeah. invitation the role of the invitation it's so cool in that sense. I love that. And again, it's just like, if I have any opportunity to like, just give a child or a young mind, even an adult, there are adults that come up to me and say, I want to learn about photography. I will come to your house or, you know, we will sit online and we'll look over the buttons together and we'll, I'll test you and give you challenges and come back to me. Like I am always oh open God. to give in that sense, always. And so, uh, and then that's like, not to like, talk about them but like i still have students i taught in fifth and sixth grade that i stay in touch with now that like i've gotten cameras i've i've you know like you know written a couple recommendations but like most of the part like i wasn't trying to steer them they saw what i did and mm. we worked together closely and then mm. now i have a bunch of budding photographers one joined the marines and he's like excited he wanted to travel and he saw his way of travel by you know joining the armed forces and um and but he's like steered it directly to photography. I want to shoot for the for the for the service. And so I'm like, that's cool. Like you're gonna get to travel to Japan or you get to travel to Germany, South Africa, and you know, most people have weapons and yours will be a camera to tell and I'm like, and tell the truth. <laughs> Please tell the truth of that camera. Um and like and that's all I ask. It's like just you know, just be honest with your camera. Be it's a it's a tool, but it's also it's a very powerful tool. Um that you know we take for granted and i always think of it as like if you're taking someone's picture if you're taking something what are you going to give back yes okay that was my question okay that's my other question for you is like how okay oh my god there's so many ways i want to go but i would love to like i'd love to like like what uh can you talk more about that that like that relationship and like that like if you're going to take someone's picture what are you going to give back like what does that mean to lewis oh I I um I traveled on a three month gap trip with um seventeen to twenty one year olds and we went through three Latin American countries. We went to um, Dominican Republic, Costa Rica, and Peru, and we stayed in a month in each country. And um, I I did this once before, and I did I did it. This is my second time. Actually, no, I before the gap year, I would do summers in different places like Southeast Asia. It was my primary stomping grounds and then i did west africa and ghana um but we so the program the premise of the program is high school students going on um you know summer gap trips or summer trips if they're high school students gap trips if they're older and you know have a experiential service learning trip and it is really by curated by like i mean the organization is one thing it speaks but it's literally like who is directing your trip is what you're going to get from your trip. Mm -hmm. And so, 
you know um it could be like all fun and you go and like dig a trench and you don't even know the community members names and then you go away and you're just like wow who did this benefit did they even ask for the yes. trench for and so i would prove harder and be like no you need to know names or you need to yeah. and i would lead by example and so you know i'm taking pictures of services being performed by the students and sending pictures back for promotion for Instagram for families to see everybody's having fun and safe. But I'd also take pictures of community members because that was that was obviously more my interest anyway. I was doing work, but I got to, you know, take on mm. more of my personal work. And, you know, a lot if I took that photo, I carry this is before, you know, like Polaroids became even more popular and like the Insta printers. I had like the very rudimentary printer that like looked like the size of a hard drive. Mm. And I would take the picture and then like within a few moments, if I could print it out on a, like a business card type thing, it would stick and give it to them and just, or even the next day. So if we were like in a village and we were like in the fringe of Haiti when we were in DR and we're like in informal settlements and, you know, people very rarely ever come to visit these remote sites and all these people do is cut sugar cane and, and and live a life that's kind of in a gray area of like better than Haiti, but DR doesn't want to give us our recognition. So we're just like in this void and the joy from, you know, going to, you know, like they were well received, well welcomed and, and warm. And then again, I'm taking photos and I was like, but you know, we are, providing this light, but like, we're going to leave and then, you know, yeah. names will be forgotten. Times will be gone. And I'll have all these pictures that I took yeah. and how do I get these back to you? So like, again, going in town, finding a printer, even if it's on eight by 11 sheet of paper, like yeah. I want to give you what beauty, what moment you gave me or allowed me to observe. And then showing the students the same value in that, like, let's go together. You saw me when I was taking this picture, let's go over there and and give it back to Manuel and his family. And like the joy it brought was enormous. And you got to go back like a two years later and see it on a wall still. And so you know like that, that was a memorable moment. And so it's just like, it speaks very much in the sense of like, I don't know, it rubs me wrong. I was in Peru on the same trip and watching other professional photographers unrelated to the trip come to Cusco and just like literally get like three no, inches away, away from a girl's face and just snapping photos of, you know, in, yeah. indigenous people and never asking a name and then walking away. And I'm like, oh my God. And like, I get it. When I traveled to Morocco, I got stern looks, even though I'm a black person to take pictures in Morocco. Cause like, they're like, Nah, we don't, we're fed up with this because you're taking, yeah. taking, taking. Yep. And all I know, it's going to end up on a postcard yep. and you're selling my face. Or all I know, yep. it's going to end up on a blog and you're dismissing, you know, our, our culture. Or all I know, it's going to, you know, misrepresent us. How are, how are you representing us with what you're taking? And, and you know, like, and for me, I was like, I, I'm different than everybody else. I promise. But like, you know, I have a camera. So to anybody, it's like, unless you warm up yeah. to me, you know. I kept my camera low. And I would say like, that was the least amount of pictures, even though it was the most photogenic society. I got to go to Marrakesh and like, I barely was taking pictures, but I enjoyed myself so much more from that experience of also learning like, yo, like, even though this may be your play, like you may see this as a playground, this is, these are lives. And like, I totally get from their perspective of why they have stern looks, why someone would, you know, put their finger up in my face or why someone would just like, like say, no, absolutely no. Um, because there's been too many instances where, um, 
the colonial like I'm I'm going to take the give to the world mindset. Like I'm taking this picture because we need to speak these truths. But like you're you're taking it for yourself. You're taking it for your notoriety, for your publication, for whatever. But you're not taking it for them. And that's what it's about. Like you're taking it. How are you taking? Like I don't know. It's just take like the name. Take your photo. Like I even say it in Spanish. I'm like, you know, put it to to car photo. And I was like, I don't want to take your photo. How do I say that better? I don't want to just take this from you because I want to give you something back. My smile, my name, um, something. And so. Oh no, we're having an internet clash. And so how? Uh oh. Oh no. Oh, no. Thank you for your patience as we experience minor technical difficulties. Please enjoy this public service announcement from your friends at Converge Collaborative. Are you familiar with the feeling when one or more of your extremities, often after hours of little or no use, begins to feel tight? Have you ever experienced injury, pain, discomfort, or general lethargy within your body? Reintroducing stretching, a natural and instinctive technique designed to enable your body for movement. What follows is a list of times that you can stretch. When you wake up, before physical activity, after physical activity, at the end of a stressful day, if you're waiting in line and it doesn't seem like you'll be taking another step for at least 15 seconds, when you're getting ready for bed. Here's a list of things you can do while you stretch. Count to 15. Stare intently at some part of your surroundings you might not have otherwise fixated on. Listen to the radio. Listen to a podcast. Listen to this podcast. And now, back to our show. Oh, wow. It's good to be back. I know we had a tiny bit of technical difficulties, uh, but, you know, as we had a little bit of break of trying to recover and uh, reconnect, did have some time to think about crossover and, and pathways. I know a lot of our discussion was on journeys and, you know, as people that have been educated one way or another, formally or informally, self-teaching. And I believe even as we evolve as creators, you're always teaching and learning anyway. Uh, but even as a formal designation as a teacher and educator, like all these things kind of circumvented. And um, I'm just excited to learn more about that pathway of being uh, like roots of learning, whether it's the roots that you've learned yourself or the roots that you are teaching. Um, love to learn more about that perspective. Oh, yes. It's, it's such, I've been thinking about this so much and how many tensions there are. Like if I were to create a drawing where I, where I, where I showed each method for each that represented a method, sorry, each method from each way that I'm teaching right now in each context in which I'm teaching, they would all look so different. And I've been wrestling with this so, so much. And um, so I, I uh, for context, I, um, I'm a 
part of my teaching practice is that, um, I don't know how much I went into this before, but is that I tutor. I help students um, who have different learning profiles and anxieties, like I support their work. So I am not the one in charge of the prompt that they're given. I'm there as like an aide to help demystify the process as much as I can. Um, and so in that context, it's wild because I'm, I'm working. I like see the way in which the, their formal education is happening. And I have to be this like mediator between that formal education space and the student. Yeah. And in my work, I try as hard, as hard as possible to nurture a relationship that centers the student and that over time encourages them to uh, learn and find language and identify their learning needs and how to advocate mm. for them. Um, but it's so interesting because I'm, I'm right in, in the like, in, in that space of negotiation. Yeah. And, um, and I've been talking to, to, to friends um, and collaborators and asking them how they, how they, what their methods are for centering the student's autonomy. Um, and, uh, and something I do in other classes that have different ages or different ranges. Cause I also teach, um, I teach photography classes at the international center of photography and that's continuing it. That can be any age, um, any person. Um, uh, and some of my friends who teach are also teaching in those kinds of contexts. Um, so I'll, we'll, we'll always talk like, how do, okay, so how do we all yeah. do this? Like, how do we, how do we center the yeah. students? What are our different methods for doing that? Um, when, when education, as we all know, as yes. you and I both know, can historically be so fraught with the opposite, with imposition and control. Mm -hmm. um, and so, so something that I've learned in my, in other contexts that are more open um, and with publishing and with, with, with my collaborators and from my friends who are also doing this is, you know, are more open ways to do that. And one, one example is, you know, um, that, I, that I've learned from my friend, Johan is, is, you know, you ask this, you ask the student, okay, how do you define X? What's your definition mm -hmm. of X, whatever the topic is. And you begin from their words and their thought world. Wow. Um, and you, you weave that into the fabric um, but what I've noticed and, and I, and I've cherished that so much and I've learned so much from that and I try to do that as much as possible. But what I've noticed as a tutor, cause often I'm working with, uh, high school through college age, um, you know, I'll ask, I'll ask a big question like that. And, and it'll, that, that question is so big that they'll feel intimidated by it. And they'll be like, I, what, I don't, I don't know what my definition of study is. And I'm like, Yes, right. That is that. Yeah. I, that but this is not the context for that. Yeah, yeah. And so I'll have to find these different ways that actually might look like uh, uh, I, I've noticed that actually to to center the student and to allow for the nurturing for more autonomy, I have to bring in more structure mm -hmm. for tutoring that then will allow the autonomy to open mm -hmm. up. But it, it's been a learning curve because it feels uncomfortable to bring in so much structure because I've been thought I've, I've i've grown to think that structure is control yeah, yeah, which is yeah. not necessarily true yeah. that's not necessarily yeah. true um which we all know mm -hmm. but that it, it's been so interesting this to see the the different tools and the different methods that make sense for different contexts right. and for different learning styles and just how it requires flexibility yeah. the, the work of autonomy and learning requires so much listening and attunement and flexibility. And I wonder if that, 
Um, well, first of all, if there's anything that you're you're interested in um, responding to, I, I want to hear it. But I wonder if that that tension resonates for you of like how how to be flexible. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, um, you even yeah. I was just literally visualizing you walking around with a satchel and having different type of color perspective or prism glasses and each one is like okay this is how i'm gonna help angela and then this is how i'm gonna help tommy and then these are how i help you know Ramo. and 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 each one is like because you've you know gotten to that level of just like well they see with the kaleidoscope and they see with prism and they see with you know ultraviolet rays and you know because i think even in that that realm of education and you know institution and form, I mean, it is very formal. And in, if you think about some of the you know Hutton Macmillan books, I don't even know if I'm allowed to talk about them, but you know they're they're a bit. I don't think many of the words have changed from when the '50s when they first started publishing the books. They just add a couple pages onto chapters as history is developing, <laughs> and it's all about the structure and the confines of like you know you should know these things by X amount of time, like. So it is, I'm sure for, for a young learner or a learner in general, when they're behind constructs mm. like that, and then all of a sudden you just rip a veil open and say, so tell me what you think. And you're like, well, no, I'm, I want you to tell me what you want me to think, because that's what I've been told all this time. That's what the frustration is anyway, because I'm not hearing the way that you want me to think in the first place. And it, you're basically just saying, well, actually, the power is in what you think and what you you know see the perspective as and like that empowerment as an individual as a learner is so so, so great so i mean so that's what i was like feeling when i was yes you know? okay that i everything you just said hit so hard and wow the satchel <laughs> really just like hit my heart because that is like exactly how it feels <laughs> um i feel so seen by that but but everything you just said really hit and um like one what, and I think this is an interesting example. One one tool in the satchel I have found helps, at least in the tutoring mm-hmm. context, when I see how structure, when it's in service of empowering mm-hmm. the learner, um, uh, uh, can work um, uh, and offer like degrees of uh, autonomy. Um, uh, is like I'll do this thing where I'll I'll make a like we're working on an essay, or we're working on um, an outline for an essay, and. Um, and you know we'll be we'll be teasing out some of the ideas they're working through, and and if the stu- if the learner seems to be just you know intimidated or overwhelmed, um, I'll create a word bank mm. which has, just has like a bunch of words in it, and I'll create some sentence starters or some sentence possibilities. Mm-hmm. And like, all right, here are some here are some language costumes, which is also inspired from my friend uh. Lai. Um, but like, you can try these on and like see how they fit. But please put them in put them in your way. Like, turn this into your your mode. But Try them on, see how they feel, see how it fits, um, it. and that has been an, a, an interesting, um, interesting use yeah. of that. Um, and I wonder if that recalls for you any specific methods that, again, are using structure to in service. Absolutely, of yeah. I mean, because yeah, you you realize that you you can't you fight against it so much because <laughs> to to a learner that may be so contradictory to you know their methods, but. Um, but yeah, I mean, everything again from illustrating various color pens and pens, you know, pencils to to like 
hierarchy of understanding of information and things that are sub, you know, subliminal and things that are supplemental and things that are very direct and things that are indirect. And so, yeah, it's, and then it's just understanding that again, which bag, which tool that I need to pull out the bag to, you know, start having this relationship, this, this education relationship, because once I feel like it's disarming. Once you do figure that out, the the learner is kind of just like, "Oh, you get it." <laughs> and I didn't think people got it like I got it, and you know. And so that is also um, the joy in that is, is is being able to connect in a way where they're just like, "No, someone sees or is, is hears me," and 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 for the maybe many years or classes that I was told I was wrong or I shouldn't be thinking about like this or this way this approach is just completely wrong or even by my peers and then for once they're feeling heard and feeling like well all this time that i've been told that i'm wrong or that i need to pursue it this way because that's how it's been prescribed um i've been right along and it's like a mm-hmm. aha moment and, and and they want to do so much more with their brains and their minds and expand based off of that and so it's 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 a beautiful thing um as um, so, when you, my my question is also in what you do, and and you know, and, and I'm just assuming I'm not saying that like when we talk about structure and it mean control and mm. order, I know when I was in that you know I'd go to what is it called um professional developments i'd go to our after school meetings and you know all of a sudden someone drop a packet and say well this is how it's done now this is how you need to write your lessons this is how you need to collect information this is how data needs this is how we're going to test against a teach against a test and you know it would make me cringe and just think like i like i know i would probably be the tiniest little pin of a percentage but I can tell you all the stuff that you're giving me, I can make them learn better. And it was not out of some cocky attitude on it, but it's just like, this mm. is not how we connect. This is not how we're going to empower. This is not how we're going to build stronger minded individuals. And while I was in that phase, I didn't, I mean, you know, I'm advocated as much as possible, but even that as a, as an African-American male, you know, I'm working in predominant, I'm working in Baltimore city, which is, you know, um, the hood <laughs> and you you see these things sometimes delivered it to you and sometimes it confuses me because i'm like is this given for the control aspect because you know because people are far removed from the classroom because money and budgets are important because someone has a friend who published a new theory at their school so we're gonna adopt it like that's you know we know the bureaucracy is existing yeah. in it so then it's like what you know, so how how do you navigate against yeah. those those negatives of you know like the infiltration of you know the system <laughs> just doing its thing as a system? Yes, <laughs> that is that is such a good question, and I think it's it, it, it's interesting because it's helping me see that it's helping me, it's illuminating for me the different kinds of pushback. Again, the satchel. Mm. In the satchel, there's the tools, mm-hmm. and then there's also the different the different gestures mm-hmm. of pushback in mm-hmm. different contexts. <laughs> um, and um, and um, with with the students, it beca- because I'm not um, um, a teacher in their school and more just like this like middle medi- uh, 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 um, kind of mediator and support figure, um, it becomes, it, 
it becomes about these like micro moments. Like when a student tells me that a teacher like confides in me that a teacher dismissed their mode of note taking and they, sh- they, I like, I like invite them if, if they're comfortable then to show me their note taking and it'll be like beautiful and lovely. And like, like I try to amplify that and it's, and it, but I, I recognize that that also takes time and trust for them to trust me or, or maybe they'll never trust me, which is understandable, but um, it, it's in those micro moments because of my specific role as a tutor um, um, that I use support and amplification and exactly what you said, like to list, to listen and hear them on their ideas and respond to that. um, That feels, it feels like we're creating together like a micro pushback to their, to whatever structure they might be receiving. Um, But then in, there's like other processes too, where, um, you know, whenever I'm teaching at ICP or even in, you know, my small press, Paper Cameras Press, which um, I don't know how much I went into before, but it's, the mission is to develop and print um, photo curricula through the printed page. Um, but it's very, it's like very critically, it, it, it's situated as um, a project that is, um, as you and I yeah. talked about so much at length last time, like that's like, working against pushing back against the, the problems of photography mm-hmm. and the white imperial parachuting mm-hmm. in and that that legacy of photography yeah. and so it's and each issue uh 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 will will work with one to two authors and will you know together talk about what their um uh, uh what their critical approach is and how they're pushing back against that legacy um and so that's like a different kind of pushback yes. um, i'll talk more about the press because i because I, I know we, I, there's always more to learn and and just where did the seed even begin like where where was that seed dropped and like now that we i mean the fact that you are where you are i would say the seed is now uh, a plant <laughs> it's receiving light and nurturing and love and and and, uh, and it's growing and you know i would love to be a leaf on one of your plants because you know i've always been interested in publishing so i you know we will talk more about that but yes, we have so much to talk about Our, we have made a satchel together and that we referred to um <laughs> no i am um, it, oh, it's such a good question the seed and i someone's asked me this before and I always stumble because I was like, I don't know if there's one seed, but it was just these different machines going on that I've been thinking about of, of what publishing allows, what photography allows, what self-determined education allows. And then together they just like started stewing in a soup. And I was like, what about a press that <laughs> prints photo curricula that tries to um, center? And it one one seed too is like using um, uh, uh, and it's it's so inspired by um, a friend who was like playing with like paper cutouts and then also like the artist um, Lucasa and Karita Kent like using the paper viewfinder mm-hmm. and like what happens like what what materiality can allow for or how can teach us different ways of seeing that maybe can let me restate that sentence I was, <laughs> it was a little blurry. Um, uh, 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 what happens when we when we put down the recording device for a moment and use a prop or a uh-huh, paper tool uh-huh. to almost mime a way yeah. of seeing? 
um, on like act and like like see through the cutout yeah, or see through like a, um, I'm a, me- a mirror and 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 exact exactly exactly and then come back we can come yeah, back to the yeah. camera we can come back to the zoom recorder um, and and just what does that allow um, uh, and so that's part of it too but but on that note I would love to hear well whatever if you want to respond to any of that but also what in your satchel what 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 some of your tools of pushback mm, are. Yeah. Um, um, it, it's very similar to the, the initiative of just wanting to get care, like make empower storytellers in any form, whether, whether they want to be poets and, um, and writers, creative writers or, or singers and dancers or photographers or, you know, filmmakers, how, how, whatever the medium is, but just encouraging that because, you know, the revolution is through art. And, um, you know, and, and, and that's the, the stories will be told through, through the generations or through the eons or through the decades, it's through the art, you know, like you, the policy could be made, but it's, it's the visuals, it's the audit. Like we go back and listen to speeches. We go back and look at cherish film, you know, like analog film and stuff. And, um, if we leave that up to one type of person or one person specific type of person, um, we will get a very skewed and narrow and, and, and chopped up edited version of our story. So we need to empower our storytellers. And so, you know, as I was teaching sixth grade, fifth and sixth grade, I started poetry club cause I was very much, very much into poetry. Um, and every Wednesday or Thursday, we would meet after school for about 90 minutes and I'd give prompts and we'd perform. And like at the end of the year, we would have a showcase. Some students would publish their own little, you know, publish their own books and, and, and have, you know, their memories for the year, of what they wrote. And I would hear the most profound thoughts from an 11 or 12 year old. The most, I mean, you know, growing up in Baltimore, you, you would hear, you know, there's a lot of adultification already happening and you know you're fast-tracked into uh, a manhood or womanhood very very quickly and so the things that I would hear as mirrors through their words mirrors of and reflections of their environment and reflections of you know they didn't want to go home because they were having so much more relief just being in a classroom and writing more you know this is language arts class and you know you're asking kids to write prompts and essays and this and that and then to stay after school and want to write more was a beautiful thing. And um, so just like that small bit, you know, we have, I would encourage my fifth and sixth graders, but we'd have seventh and eighth graders come through. We'd have a third grader who would want to come through and it was open for everybody, but share your story, tell your story and, um, and open your heart. And I, I saw that as like, again, like, part of the revolution like they wrote about classes that they hate in my class <laughs> i hate arts so much and i'm like put it in there put it come here like i'm not gonna be offended go for it you know like what did social studies mean to you yesterday oh you hated those essays in the standardized test and so you know but and, and that was my thing too it was like i you know there are times that i don't need to read your things and i won't if you want me to read it i will and if you want to share it you can and I encourage you because there's a different feeling that you get. And I would celebrate them. And we, I'd oh, like rent little cafes and take them and allow them to, you know, publicly speak. And it just, that again, is like the, the, for me, it was just like, it's, if I could bake a small cupcake for you, that's, that, or if I could bake a giant cupcake and give you the world, I would, but I can give you a small cupcake and I hope you enjoy it. And like, I felt like I was giving them small cupcakes that 
they cherished and and were able to like enjoy even if it was just a, a segment of their teenage life um maybe they had something to fall back on maybe they have memories that they will look back on and journals that they've saved um or maybe they've used it to propel them forward but like that's just giving you some tools in your satchel because the world is what it is and you need to have some tools to equip yourselves to be and so now i do that with cameras now i'm just like I, I snack up a I will snatch up a mentor mentee very quickly because if you say you have interest, I will find you a camera. I will, you know, help you learn every button and dial on that. And then, you know, you ask questions and inquire. I'll tell you how I got there. So I will help you try to get there too. And so um my pushback now is just like by through the arts. Like how can I like we know the construct of, you know, 40 year old white guy with hairy arms. Is the photo photographer Miss Black Sacramento, and he'd be at you know like Delaney, uh, or he'd be at like Delaney College, and then he'd be down in like Oakland Tech High School, and he'd be shooting the front news in West Oakland, and then he'd be shooting you know Mayor London Breed, and like that's all the visual that it's stamped all over the place, and it's just like that doesn't need to happen, and and then that, you even see that in my industry as an established photographer, you pitch it out there, and you know and you don't get bitter but you do know that like uh you know your white male male counterpart could pitch one number and get one way and then you say it and you get pushed back and struggle and they don't even like measure you up to that status <laughs> and so it's like you know let's get more of y'all us in here that's my pushback you know like I, I i could blog about the industry i could blog about finances and trends and you know and maybe make youtube videos and live in, instagrams and get a following based off of rhetoric and and firing people up but i could silently just like encourage the next 17 and 16 year old that like you know here's the best that i can give you and hopefully that will encourage you to want to pass that on and here we are you know this is this is how we learn anyway culturally by passing on our our you know our skills and our traits and our stories um so you know like yeah i would love to start a school but if i even if i'm just like nurturing a a handful of people, you know, I'm playing that role or I want to play that role, you know? <laughs> I, I I feel like this is such a, like a beautiful note to close on of like, like as you were talking about the cupcake <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, yes. Like the small cupcake. Mm -hmm. It's about, it's like giving, it's like producing multiple small cupcakes yeah, yeah. so that the, the, the feel like you're giving them their satchel. Mm -hmm, and then it, it is just about maybe, passing on what you've been doing since from ever and yes uh the small cupcake. yes that yes. yields abundance, yields abundance. Small... like when you see a child's eyes light up when you give them a cupcake you, you're just like man like i don't know what that did to you inside but i i could see right on your face how happy you are like that's what you want to just multiply i want to give you a cupcake i want to give you a cupcake, you know <laughs> Bring Your Full Self is put together through the collective effort of the members of Converge Collaborative. Special thanks today to Katie and Lewis and to you for listening. If you're interested in learning more about our group, our work, or would just like to say hi, you can reach us by emailing converge at convergecollaborative.com or on Instagram at convergecollaborative. We leave you today with some words of wisdom from our very own Lewis Bryant III. The general purpose of existence I think is love that's what we use to 
you know, encourage our youth and our generations and our peers and our culture sphere and our cohorts is love. You know, if you teach with that, if you are passionate about it, whether it is just, I love audio mixing and you love it so much, people will feel that love, you know? So it doesn't always have to be like, I am delivering it, but it's just like, you're, you are delivering it, but you don't have to deliver it to someone or something. It could just be in the things and the ways that you touch it.